Football, by the hell. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Football, bloody hell. The preview pod is back upon us, and joining myself, Dave Pryor, this evening is, of course, Mr. Rick Hyatt. How you doing, Rick? Did you just forget who you were? Very was there a briefly. little delay? <laughs> yeah, just very briefly, you forgot who you were, didn't you? It's funny you should say that, because it's always occurred to me that when I do the introducing, I don't always say who I am. So I'm sure that there's people out there thinking, hmm, who is that lovely host who's got such eloquence and such... Of course, they can just read the synopsis, but still. Hello, David Pryor. How are you, Rick Hyatt? Are you well? I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. And completing the trio tonight, it's Mr. Tom Bailey. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. That's a very well-spoken Rick Hyatt for that for that football bloody hell. Really, that honestly caught me off guard a bit. It was lovely. I can do it when I need to. I want to hear you do it on commentary now. Oh, dear. No, don't go holding your breath, love. Is this a 1966 World Cup special? <laughs> Drag the net. Makes it 1-0 to the Oval Gloves. Charles, Charlie Charles, one of the famous Charles brothers. England 4, Germany 2. Have some of that, Adolf. <laughs> Got a Morse code coming through. It's saying... Bond them. See, you don't that get that sort of podcasting anywhere else, listener. But let's start, as we always do then. Let's talk Yeovil Town, because Yeovil have a home game this weekend. Myself and Rick Hyatt will be there. It's Haven't and Waterlooville. Rick, I will come to you first, because I don't know if you remember earlier in the season, because this game was rather chaotic. Do you remember the 4-3 Yeovil pen- uh, pulling it back to 3-3 in stoppage time and then still going on to lose the game. But looking at where the two teams have gone since then, you'd probably see this as home banker, wouldn't you? You'd hope so. You'd, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? I think it was, a, it was a lesson learned. In fairness, with the results and games that have been coming over the last sort of period, when this run's been going on, Yeovil have actually shown quite good resilience and bounce-back ability. And there's been a few obstacles along the way I love that word I've not heard that since the early 40s bounce back ability yeah Helen Chamberlain vibes yeah and Soccer AM RIP for our older listeners is that that one for you Tom or not not quite surely Soccer uh, AM I know what it is definitely know what it is as far as Tom's concerned Soccer AM is just Benners and um, Jimmy Bullard isn't it it's like it's like Girls Aloud I never, I never realised how big Girls Aloud were. I wasn't there for its prime. No, I just, Rick. I just kind of understood that that it was they were all right. That's very, very recent in my recollection, Tom. For something that's okay, historical. That's, that's, still, I, I, I was what? Well, when were they big? Late nineties. I was alive. In Could the late you 90s. stop being quite so young, please? Sorry, Rick. We veered straight off your point there <laughs> know, as we were talking about Yeovil and Haven Waterlooville. Well, but the point is that Yeovil have been quite resilient and adapted to situations and adversity and whatever. So it's, it, the run is more impressive than it looks if you just look at it and say, "Oh, they must be in a really easy division." It's not all been straight, straightforward, and, and plain sailing all the way through. They have had to uh, to dig deep on occasion, and hopefully, a nice easy three 0 on Saturday would be lovely. Have we had one of those yet, Rick, when we've been commentating together? Uh, Farnborough, maybe, off the top of my head, Farnborough? I don't think we've had... I was thinking pre-season Newport, but that was with you, wasn't it, Tom? That was my first home game. My first taste was away at Dorchester. We won 5-0. Oh. That's the sort of scoreline we're after. That'll do. Please. Yeah, that'd be lovely. But yeah, well, I temporarily just... zoned out. Were you asking about scoreline in particular? Oh, no, just that I just wondered if Rick and I had actually had a good high-scoring game together, but I can't. 
Who did can't Taunton? really remember. Who did do Taunton? That was Thorpe and George on yes, Boxing Day. And then you two did the reverse, correct? In that cold, cold, It was cold, cold that day, day. Did we mention it? It was cold. Rick, we might need someone for Chelmsford. I'll consult my diary. You can talk to my people. What, you mean if Chelmsford end up needing to ground share in around the Oval yeah. as well, and then you might be available? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll have a word with your people, and your people will have a word with the club. And I'll have a word with Gav and see if I'm allowed to go more than 20 miles outside of Yeovil. Isn't Rick's people the same as my people, which is just A.D. Hopper for Free Valleys Radio? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's very much your people, David. <laughs> he just, uh, Rick just turns to Dave. <laughs> I refer you to Mr. Pryor. Dave, can I go? <laughs> Am I allowed? That's because I am the commentary team manager and lead and CEO everything and, uh, in between. <laughs> yes, good job you don't remind us of that every two minutes and put it on every bit of uh, <laughs> documentation. That's email everywhere. signature at work, isn't it? Tom, how do you see things going at the weekend? But you say it's a, it was a tricky one last time around, but you would expect it to be a bit more straightforward this time around, particularly with Yeovil being at home. Is that is that a fair comment? So it's the best home record in the league versus the worst away record in the league. And for that reason, it is a 1-0 to Haventon and Waterloo. For- no, look, Haventon and Waterloo since they beat us in, what, August, start of September. And after that, they didn't win for a good 15 games. We were their only win until, well, Christmas, I think. It was starting to look a little bit embarrassing, that defeat. But then they switched manager again after Steve King came in and did uh, the square root of nothing. And they've picked it up a bit. They are three points behind Eastbourne Borough in 22nd. They were rooted to the bottom of the table uh, before that, but they are now ahead of Dover, who can't seem to win a game for love nor money. They've got two wins in their last five games. Uh, They beat Chelmsford at home and they beat Maidstone at home. Two really big wins for them there, um, admittedly, yes, at home. But they can beat the big teams. So as we've seen, they've beaten us as well. So it's going to be an interesting game. And there are a couple of former gloves involved as well. Ryan Seeger, who's been uh, getting some goals for them. And uh, I've forgotten his first name, but Goburn is also still there as well. Oscar? It might be Oscar. I think that rings about. I was saying Callum for some reason, but I'm thinking Callum Dolan. But no, I think Yeovil should have enough uh, to, to deal with them. Jordan Stevens, as we heard from Mark Cooper today, is fine after his bump on his shoulder against Tunbridge so he will be involved in the squad whether he starts or not has remained to be seen we are unlikely to have Charlie Cooper but it just again that's a case of waiting to see how he trains they don't want to risk him uh, if they don't need to so I think Yeovil should be okay the fact we've only drawn three games at home all season and won the rest of them bodes well for us I have a confession to make boys actually because for the last however long I've certainly been banging the drum of one and a half hands on the trophy and we're all but there etc 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 but what have I found you my, done i found myself i just found myself looking at the table yesterday seeing yeovil still nicely on top on 69 worthing with 59 points and i suddenly thought to myself mm, 10 points it's not a lot is it and i don't know where this came from i don't know where this came from at all i've suddenly i don't know now that we're getting deeper into february something just screamed at me to say, 10 point, it's, it's a funny old lead. Welcome to <laughs> existential crisis. Yes. It's a dangerous and, uh, lead, 10 points. Yeah, it's that, that old adage of 10 points being a dangerous lead. Yeah. So I think I might have to take 0.5 of a hand away and say one hand on the trophy. Can I do that? It's your hand, your imaginary trophy. You can do with it what you choose. 
And I just wanted to bring it to the table just to have another conversation about it, because whether or not you sit one side or the other, I just want to know if if it's natural to have these feelings and suddenly be so adamant that you're thinking one way and then bam, wake up. Oh, now I'm nervous. Where's that come from? You can think whatever you want to think, mate, to be honest. You know, your feelings are valid. You're, it's a safe space. You whatever can think whatever you, you want. Don't. You can tell yeah. us. Whatever gets you through the night. I think maybe what it is, is that uh, I've got this huge fear of people listening going, oh, don't jinx it, Dave, don't jinx it. And now I'm just kind of like trying to row all the way back with my opinion. They've oh, got the to me, us. Rick. They've got to me. Rick is the uh, the Dave Coates of Three Valleys where he's just not sure yet. He don't want to say it. He just doesn't want to say it. Whereas me and you, Dave, are a bit more we're prepared to say that we're going to win the league whereas Rick, mm. he won't believe until he sees it which is fair enough and you're everyone's just, inside, I just, just feel younger, that way less miserable and I've had fewer disappointments in your life that's all that I've, I've grown up with Man United ruining my life so I'm, I'm used to disappointment don't worry it's alright look I think we'll still be okay I think my previous prediction of winning at a Braintree was perhaps a bit hasty as we would have to have at least a 15 point gap I hadn't done the maths on that at that point so I am prepared to take that back. Well, a 15-point gap, incidentally, is what we call a nice cushion. <laughs> yeah, that is a good cushion at that point. Yeah, I Not an unassailable lead, just a nice cushion. No. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think we'll still do it. I think we'll do it later than I said we would, though. But we should be okay. Torquay will be an interesting one because they are bang out of form at the moment. But, of course, that's the end of March. There's still plenty of games to play in between then. For example, maybe Truro. It would if it didn't happen be an absolutely spectacular fall from grace for Yeovil not to win it now and the backside would really really have to fall out of it and it would be relegation form wouldn't it so you wouldn't expect that to to happen I think I was just looking at Worthing's form and I think they're the one team other than Yeovil that just churning them out at the moment so just gotta keep on doing what they're doing and hopefully keep it at 10 po- well there's that game in hand isn't there so maybe once out all that's sorted then I'll be breathing easier. So let's go straight into the predictions then. Rick, I will start to you. Start to you. Start with you, my co-commentator for this weekend. It's Yeovil. It's at home. We're commentating. It's 2-0. That's the formula. That's what's going to happen. Tom Bailey. Yeovil have found their goals recently. I'm going to say 3-0 to Yeovil. I will raise you both and say, Rick, it's going to be a wonderful afternoon for us on Saturday and it's going to be 4-1. Are you going to be screaming in my ear all afternoon then? Four times. Four with times. One, with one complaint. I look forward to that. That should be a good one. Absolutely. Look forward to it, gents. Um, just before we wrap up, that Tom, you just mentioned it there that you were at the press conference earlier today for representing Three Valleys Radio. Was there much else that um, Cooper had to, had to announce? Um, any... Latest on Malachi Linton, for example, I believe is a question that you asked him. Yeah, so asked about if there are potentially any low knees potentially coming back if uh, we were requiring some extra squad depth. And we learned today that Malachi Linton is actually unable to be recalled. It's not simply a case of we don't want to, it's more that we can't. It's a long-term loan agreed with Weymouth. So there is uh, no place for that to uh, to happen there's no interest in any of the other loanies coming back at the moment, though the likes of uh, Maguire, Drew and uh, and Ollie Haste as well, who I did ask about. And to be honest, I think he's he's probably right. We don't need these guys at the moment. And Ollie Haste was a perfect example where he just said, look, he needs to be playing games. Uh, so him staying at Dorchester is probably the best thing for him, even if it's 
perhaps a lower level than we would hope it to be. We'll wait and see if he's ready for National League South next season. Still game or... time, isn't it? That's what's important. Exactly. He than... wants men's football for a young player who has clearly proven he's got some talent in him. And we've got two left backs already. So we'd rather train him as a proper left back, let him develop properly and uh, see where the road takes him. But yeah, um, no extra additions. It, it seems to be at the moment. I think something drastic would have to happen for um, anything to change that view as well. Um, Ollie Thomas is meant to be about another, they think another three weeks, but that's down to Bristol City. So we're just running with new Blaine Fisher at the moment. Any news on the on the guys that are injured? No, no, Thomas, three weeks. Uh, Cooper is sort of game by game. Don't want to risk him as soon as he's actually fit. Then they'll bring him back. Reese Murphy and Jake Hyde, though, it feels more like uh, months and weeks. So I think we'll be lucky to see him again this season, aren't we? I think so. Yeah. Got that feeling. Yeah. That was um, what everyone was was talking about pre season, wasn't it? It's all very well getting these strikers in. And yes, they're good, but they are injury prone. And it seems that we've managed to get a decent run out of them. And it's, it's just hitting now. Okay, chaps. Shall we dip our toe into Europe? Because this week, the Champions League was back and would you believe it after is it two months three months since the last round of champions league game the first game back that everybody has to enjoy is copenhagen against manchester city and rick hyatt it was a contest for about five minutes they were very enjoyable five minutes copenhagen scored a great goal and the rest of it is just irrelevant really dirty dirty tainted financially doped all the stuff that we bored ourselves silly by saying it over and over and it will follow city around like a bad stench until it gets sorted in terms of the tie itself i think we all knew everybody who didn't even like football knew what was going to happen with this game certainly is the tie overall at 2-1 maybe it might have been interesting but 3-1 at the end it's just killed it already well, isn't it, it if it didn't already interesting but i don't think it's in copenhagen's style to to sit on it certainly not being at home, it's done and dusted, but it's, it's like all of City stuff at the moment. The vibe I'm getting, admittedly, I'm coming at it from a certain angle. You may be aware of that angle if you've ever listened to one of our podcasts before, but it is very much a case of, yeah, so what? Tom, was this a case of so what for you? I forgot what's happening. That's how interested I was. I forgot the game was on. It was the same for the Real Madrid game, to be honest, as well. It was only... As I was looking at some of the football league stuff, I was more interested in Mansfield winning nine two against Harrogate. Proper Genuine. football, yeah, proper football. A shout out to Scott McKenna who recently joined Copenhagen, so he's gone from allegation battles with Nottingham Forest away to Kenilworth Road to uh, hosting the Premier League champions in Europe. So that's nice for him, I suppose. And other than that, yeah, City won, and Jack Grealish got injured. Which I think no one said, said anything about Jack Grealish at all this yeah, year. That's actually. true. That's true. He's completely fallen off the radar, and now he's injured again. It's I don't know. Is he worth a hundred million? <laughs> <laughs> it's gone early with that, Rick. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Thank you for putting a smile on my face. I think, listener, if you haven't already worked out that Rick saying that has sort of answered Tom's question. <laughs> It wasn't really a question, was it? Now, I think that was a statement that wanted a reaction. It wasn't a question. To be honest, I don't think anybody's worth 100 million. Not even, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. Not even Lionel Messi. Not even Kylian Mbappe. None of them are worth 100 million. No person should be worth 100 million pounds. You are to your mum. That feels like such a backhanded compliment, but I'll take it. Thank you. Okay. I really don't know where to go with that one. <laughs> Sorry, if I backed us into a corner, into a cul-de-sac, yeah. 
Uh, I'm sure you're worth every penny. Putting Tom. Tom's mum to one side. Let's move on. Well, you've touched on Leipzig. <laughs> you touched on Leipzig and Real Madrid. Madrid, without Bellingham, still managed a pretty comfortable display here. A tie that you'd certainly expect them to get through. I know we talk about some of the ties that happen, and Tom, you touched on the fact that Man City getting Copenhagen was kind of obvious, but that sort of happened in the last 16, doesn't it? It's only really the quarterfinal where the seeding stops that you really start to get tasty ties unless you haven't fulfilled your quota of topping your own group. It's probably fair. Yeah, I think so. But looking at the, the rest of the ties now, I don't know why, and someone has said this before when the, the draws actually came out, this doesn't feel like a big tie there's, there's no big tie. It feels like there's no big clubs in it anymore. I don't know if it's simply a bit of bias in the fact that Liverpool aren't there and Man United aren't there. Even Chelsea aren't there. But I don't look at Porto Arsenal and go, wow. And I don't really look at even Napoli Barcelona and go, wow. The only tie I actually look at and think with any intrigue at all is Inter Milan versus Atletico Madrid because the rest of them are either dead heats or they're just teams I'm not that interested in. They're teams yes. that in the last five years could quite easily have been a Europa League tie as easily it could have been a Champions League tie. I think yeah. that's the And PSV Russia Dortmund sums that up perfectly. That was probably a Europa League tie two years ago. So I, I don't know. It's a weird one. Like As you say, though, the, the, the lack of seedings will uh, come into play. We've had a very topsy-turvy seeding this year as well with Dortmund topping their group with PSG and Sociedad top in the group with Inter Milan. So that's left PSG to face a potentially weaker team, despite them being a stronger team. It's, it's all a bit upside down. but Bayern topping their group, that's worked out well for them, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll touch on that one, Rick. Well, yeah, let's do that now, because they went down 1-0 to Lazio. What do you chaps think? What are the chances of Harry Kane actually winning a trophy this season? Moving to Bayern Munich with the sole intention of getting his hands on some silverware. It's not working out very well, is it? So we joked about this when the transfer happened. We were like, surely, surely he's going to win the trophy. And the fact that when Ange went in first, went Spurs like top of the league for the first couple of games as well. And we were like, surely he's not going to go to Germany, not win anything and Tottenham will win the Premier League. It's not quite got in that direction, but they're out of all domestic cups. Certainly looking in a precarious position at the moment. And they got battered by Xabi Alonso's uh, Leverkusen at the weekend. I watched that that on Saturday. Did you? Yeah, and Munich looked awful. They really didn't look in contention at all. What did you think of Xabi Alonso ball? I think it's a work in progress. I think that people are talking about either the Madrid job or the Liverpool job. And I, I still think from his point of view... From his career's point of view, I think it's a season too early. We can all have a... Say we can all have... I obviously couldn't. But if you're in that genre as a professional manager and you're early on in your career, you can have a great season. It's having back-to-back great seasons. If he repeats next season, whatever Leverkusen ended up with this season, if he can do the same thing again at that standard, then yeah, I think he's ready for a big... It's timing though, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. These jobs don't come around every every two minutes. So... Slightly different scenario, or maybe similar when you look at their, their careers, that like with Gerard and Lampard, with the jobs that they took on, and you think, oh, if you just held on, but at the same time, you can't wait in this no. game, can you? So you can't blame them for taking it if they, if that, they do come was, in. But this was always my, my reasoning when I was talking about Marouin Fellaini, who is simply the worst player, the least Manchester United player ever to play for Manchester United. And it's like, oh, I hate Fellaini, I hate Fellaini. But then if you were him, 
What would you do? It's not his fault somebody else has seen something in him and put him in that position. So he's not going to turn it down, is he? So yeah, he was he still can, rubbish, can though. Paris Saint-Germain, just quickly on them. There's a lot of, of talk about Mbappe, obviously, at the moment. And I have to say, Rick, one for you. They mentioned on a podcast this week that PSG Real Sociedad is this week's hipster's choice. Is it? Apparently. Yeah, apparently the hipsters are all over Real Sociedad. And uh-huh. pretty much since the draw began, all the pundits, all the talk was about this tie being one to watch. And then it turned out to be pretty comfortable for Paris in the end, as these things often turn out. Hipsters are all style and no substance at sometimes, you know. Touching on Mbappe, Tom, because there was reports a couple of weeks ago, I think it was Julian Laurence that said that he had agreed a deal with, with Real Madrid already in place. That seems to have not quite been the case. There's been a little bit of backtracking on that particular statement. However, in the last couple of days or so it looks as though that he's announced that he's definitely going to leave because his contract's up and he's not going to renew it what do you make of the situation kind of a inevitable ending i suppose yeah i think it was nobody can afford killing Mbappe. so if he's going to go anywhere it would have been on a free unless he was forget, going to saudi arabia it would be on a free because nobody's worth a hundred million pounds as Tom i said Bailey yeah said nobody so. is worth yeah i think it's the right move for him. The and bigger think, question is, Tom, will he be able to push Hosselu out of the Real Madrid side? It's a big ask, isn't it? Stoke City legend Hosselu. I think it's... Funny as a... F- uh, football's a funny old game. Funny as a football old game, I was going to say then. <laughs> what I think would be interesting is, I can't remember where I read it, but someone... Obviously, Mbappe was leaving, and someone has said, uh, apparently PSG have got ideas on what to do to replace him. So they may have a plan already. I don't know what that plan would be, Oh, Other than maybe think? just pushing Kolo Moani to the forefront. But I'd be interested to see what they do. It could involve giving a very tall Norwegian even more money. That It'll would be, be nice. funny. It'd be lovely. Please do that. I assume we're talking about Alexander Soloff here, are we? No? Obviously. Absolutely. <laughs> I was trying to reach for a tall Norwegian player. I think it's been a long time since John Carew played football. <laughs> John, look, listen, I've got an idea. Uh, how, how old are you? Got to be in his 50s now, surely. Nothing wrong no. with that. No, he can't be that old, can he? Even I remember John Carew, and I'm a young man. Oh, that does surprise me. John Carew. Hang I on, know, he was see. in the Premier League for a bit, wasn't he, with Villa, to be fair? 44. Oh, I've done him a disservice there. Sorry, John, if you're listening. <laughs> I think that might possibly be an unnecessary apology, Dave, but thanks <laughs> all the same. There's a little bit of Europa League action on Thursday. We record it on a Thursday, so there's scores going on at the moment but no English involvement at the moment because we've got this American style thing going on with the European trophies at the moment whereas if you topped your group you don't have to play the next round you can just go through to the following round nicely done and uh, the rest have to have to slog it out but it's all European teams no English involvement so anything catching your eye European teams David how whatever are they thinking of how did they work that? How did they Brexit that? means Brexit, etc. Exactly. Et We've left. Anything catch your eye there or move straight on to the belt and braces, British football lads? Just the fact that it was at this stage last year that Manchester United, so turning into Adrian, that Manchester United had probably their best performance of the season, beating Barcelona in this very playoff round. And then it all went downhill. Oh, memories, Rick, eh? Memories. Oh. Who did you lose to? That's not even me trying to like take a bit. I, I've actually forgotten who you lost to. Who won it? Uh... Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Always lose to them, so. Uh, 
The, the most easiest Europa League question to ever answer yeah. is who won it any year. Yeah, yeah everyone who won it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, lads, should we do it? It's time. How are we feeling? Are we feeling confident? Always confident. Tom Bailey, feeling confident? No, not at all. Excellent. Then that tees up nicely for a weekend of Barclays, a proper weekend of Barclays, and it's a 12.30 game, and I'm going to be with Rick Hyatt during this period. <sighs> How's this going to go? We're going to be tucking into our hog roast on Saturday afternoon. It's Brentford-Liverpool. Of course it's Liverpool at the 12.30 kickoff. Liverpool yet to win at the GTEC Community Stadium. Will it be this weekend, Rick Hyatt? Get us off to a good start. No, of course it won't. Not going to happen. Tony Brace? I, I think so. I think he's due. And I, I think that, you know, the one person in the world that you want to be with, as Liverpool don't win at Brentford, is me. What a treat for you. It's going to be a long afternoon. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. 2-1 Brentford. 2-1 Brentford. Yeah. yeah. Happy days. Get in, get out. Job done. Yeah. Move on. Tony Filling his audition for every other Premier League team again. Look at me scoring goals, winning games for Brentford. So yeah, Tom Bailey, your thoughts? Oh, it's a good question. I don't think Liverpool win. I think there are too many injuries in the team at the moment. Not that we've got an injury crisis, but I think there are just too many important people missing. Trent has re-injured himself again, so he's going to be missing for a few weeks. Yeah, he's going to miss the cup final. Yep, so that's a big miss. Connor Bradley will be asked to step up again, no doubt. Dominic Shrubbside, we still don't know if he's actually back or not. He's listed as a few days with illness. I do um, love the way you say that, Tom. It's never lost on me. What, Shrubbside? Dominic Shrubbside. Dominic Shrubbside. <laughs> And, uh, Shaken, Alice... not stirred. <laughs> and Alison Becker has also uh, still unwell. And I think if we're missing him, that's an extra goal conceded already. So I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. And that's being optimistic, oh. to be honest. It's gone early Desmond, Rick. Desmond. Full on Desmond. First up. First out the box is a Desmond. How are you feeling about that day, Pryor? Oh, I, I love you, Tom Bailey. That's what we want to see. It, well, I say that's what we want to see. From a neutral, yes. But I would rather that Liverpool got on the right end of that particular scoreline how can you get on the right end of a desmond well yeah quite it's that if you equalize late on and then it feels like that you've got three points maybe that's a fair judgment of that i'm hoping it won't be entertaining i'm hoping for a really stinky nil one uh, and that's what i'm gonna stick to i i think that liverpool are gonna make it ugly they're gonna make it dirty and they're gonna come out with a really scrappy goal from jones elliot something like that and uh It'll put a smile on my face, Rick, as I tuck into my pork before the Oval game on Saturday. Moving on. I'm not even going there, Dave. Move on to the next fixture. Well, I can move on to the next one because I think Arsenal are going to get five here. I think 5-0 away from home against Burnley. Burnley were really good against Liverpool, but I think that's Burnley. They put in a good performance now and then and you go, ooh, they might be quite tasty next time around, but they're just so open at the back and... The four Arsenal are in at the moment. I think it might be a case of how many, Rick, yeah? i got a bit more faith in, in, in Burnley than, you, than yourself. I think, Nil five. I think there'll be a reaction after Arsenal winning the league twice Again. in two weeks. <laughs> that rental firm that they hire that open top bus from, they're making an absolute mint this season out of Arsenal. Three nil Arsenal. Would now be an appropriate time to mention that you boys were pretty confident West Ham were going to get something last week. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't say anything about that. 
It's all up here, Tom. Sorry, what was that, Dave? I missed that. There was interference on the line as I predicted a 3-0 Arsenal win. Whoever would doubt them, what fool would doubt that they were going to get a result? Quite. Tom Bailey? I think they'll win. It's a case of by how much. I don't think five. I think that's a... Look how nonchalant you boys are now. Of course (laughs) Arsenal will win. What are you talking about, Dave? It's a disservice to Burnley to say that Arsenal will win 5-0. Because as much as... Because Burnley are crap. They are. They're not great, no. But they at home, they usually do a bit better. I think if it, <laughs> like if they it... are, aren't they? Like, we <laughs> this do is... this all the time, and we think like, oh, they've got company and they've got some nice, bet, but they're crap. This is crap. The sort of top level punditry that people are tuning in to Three Valleys Radio to hear. And I never used to be like this on the pod either. This is the the higher effect. No, you can't blame <laughs> that on me. I'm a lovely man. Sorry, Tom, you were telling us how encouraged you were by Bernie's lovely plays. It's not much encouragement, but I do think next season will be fun for them, I guess, when they're in the (laughs) Championship. But Arsenal will win. I think I'm going to go 3-1. Arsenal have done the complete opposite to what I thought, where I thought they would implode. Instead, they've actually exploded. So fair enough to them. They've done a decent job at West Ham, and uh, I think they'll do a decent job here. 3-1 Arsenal, and Burnley will just kind of puff and puff a bit. Fulham Aston Villa then, I went bold last week and said that Fulham Bournemouth would be a 3-3. Ended up being 3-1. Yeah, I know that there's still a two-goal deficit there, but hey, you boys were pretty adamant that there was no goals in this Fulham side. Admittedly, I kept talking about Armando Broya, who didn't start or get on the score sheet, but Fulham are a funny old side. You look through their team and you think, they're okay. They're not too expansive. They're just a, they're just an okay team. But particularly at home, they always seem to produce a performance. So could be quite interesting against Villa and a little bit of indifferent form here, Tom. Yeah, I've just looked at their past five games and they have lost their last three home games by, well, they scored a goal, but it's 3-1 against Newcastle. 3-1 at home to Chelsea, admittedly that was the FA Cup, and a 2-1 loss against Man United. So I don't really know how to call this one, to be honest. Fulham, again, like you say, just such a weird side. There's a few teams that kind of meet that criteria this season, don't you, where you're like, oh, I don't really yeah, go Brentford, one way or the other. Brentford's another one. I think Wolves are another one as well, but they're still better than I give them credit for. But I never quite know if it's actually going to continue or not. Whereas you can kind of get the idea with some teams. Wolves, I, I still don't know if if they were running hot and now they're going to fall off or if they're actually just an 11th place So, so you don't know, is that one hearing? Yes, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm going on there, aren't I? Villa, I just, it feels like the wheels are falling off a little bit. Not properly, it's not catastrophic. but They've got to win um, this one, haven't they? they I think they. so. I'm going to go 1-0 Villa, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know who will score, but... Yeah, I think Villa have to do it if they want any chance of uh, keeping that gap between uh, the Europa League places. Similar vibes, Rick? I just wish that Unai Emery was on the pod to tell us how Aston Villa were going to perform. But sadly, he's chickened out again. I did try. You did? I did try. And he's still in Spain, would you believe? Is he? And he said he was picking up more people from the airport. I don't know how many people that he's been have come and gone in the time that Thorpey's been in Spain, but he is a great host. Whatever happens, I hope that Douglas Louise does his little titty wiggle goal celebration again because that really didn't come back and bite him on the backside on Sunday, did it? The full one nil to Aston Villa. 
Football really has changed, hasn't it? I mean, 20 years ago, we were never having a conversation about what was he celebrating like that for? Like, we really have gone a completely other way now as of what we like and don't like in football. I did find that one quite amusing. Yeah. What do you think then, David? (laughs) Uh, I think this is going to be a testing. Really? Yeah. I think it'll be full on one, Villa two. uh, Villa will be plucky. I think they'll be good on the counter-attack. I think this is probably a game that they need, actually, away from home, just to try and play a bit of counter-attacking football and try and hit Fulham on the break. Fulham are, as they good at home, but I think the cream will rise to the top and it will be a 1-2 on the cottage. Ooh, Rick, this one's for you, look. Look what's coming up. We've got Newcastle-Bournemouth. Jason Tindall going back. Well, I say going back. It is at home, home of Saudi Arabia. Rick, do you want to go first with this one? I'd like to hear what Tom Bailey thinks because I know what I think, and it's just a spurious spiel of vitriol, pent up, petty emotions. Whereas Tom might that, say something, and that's just Jason Tindall. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Tom might say something enlightening. Newcastle are unbeaten in the last four games, and three of them are wins away from home. The only blip in that form being that 4-4 thriller against Luton. Bournemouth have only got one win in their last five games and that is the Rick is waving at me. What, what's, Rick, what have you got? Have Newcastle got any injuries? I might have a couple. Do you know There'll be people screaming at this pod going, yeah, yeah, said it. Has he said it? What's going <laughs> sure on? It's Newcastle. He hasn't mentioned it. I, think I might be right in saying, I'm just going to look quickly. Uh, eight. They have well, one more injury than Liverpool. Actually, injuries are the same. They've just got Tonali with one more. Yeah, so are Liverpool and injury? You can't say things like that. Yeah, are, are Liverpool? Liverpool are going to lose the league through an injury crisis. That's what it is. It's not because we're just not good enough. It's injury crisis. There you go. Back to Newcastle Bournemouth. I think Newcastle will do it. I think it's going to be a good game. I'm going to go three two to Newcastle. If I could just come in quickly, I was thinking the same sort of line. So I think Newcastle are going to get four, and it will be a four two game. Because Newcastle have sort of found their feet again in front of goal. However, Dan Byrne is getting rinsed Ooh, a little bit, isn't he, at yeah. the moment? And yeah. if they stick with him, I think the likes of Sinistera and Clivert will probably have a little bit of field day, as they say. So I think they'll get some goals, but Newcastle will come out 4-2 winners. Similar sort of vibes, Rick? I think this is my Desmond. I think it's it's got Desmond... We all think goals then? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Both teams capable of scoring. It's <laughs> a stupid thing to say. Both teams are capable of scoring and both teams both are capable teams could, of letting in goals. They could be. They could really score here, Rick. They could really score. We've all done it, Rick. I think, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a Desmond all day long. and Twice um, on Sundays? Tinder watch. How, what do you think Tindall's going to do? I'd be more interested to find out what the reaction would be from the Bournemouth fans. But mm. because they're so up high. Uh, oh, I've done it now. They're so up high. They're not just up high. They're, they're so, so up high. That then he's not even going to be able to hear him anyway, is he? No. Desmond. I wouldn't put it upon him, though, to um, to actually go up and find the facts. To actually floor his way up. Are you suggesting, are you suggesting that Jason Tindall would make it all about him? As one man who doesn't like to be in the limelight, I wouldn't know and I wouldn't like to answer that question. The voice of Three Valleys Radio football coverage <laughs> and you don't like to be in the limelight. No, 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 not at all. Not, not at me, all. darling. I'm quite a reserved individual. Anyone will tell you. 
Forest West Ham. How do we think this one's going to go then, boys? Because there's been a lot of talk this week about David. Did you know Italian? Ham. Did you go? There's a been a there's a been a lot of talk. I can't do this. You can. Yeah. It's your job. You're the host. Hold it together. You'll you'll have fun editing this. You'll be like, he said he's introduced it about six times. Forest West Ham. How do we see this one going? Particularly is this week. Rick, you're an athletic fan. There's been a lot of podcasts this week as about is David Moyes' West Ham a good West Ham team? Is he even the best manager that they've ever had when you actually look at how many times they've qualified for Europe and the trophy win last year, of course? Um, do you think he's right to be under pressure if indeed he is at the moment? Because it's not going how he would like the last few weeks in particular. It depends what your expectations of West Ham are. I mean, they're a curious bunch, the Cockneys. How's your brother? Is he very much more... Still haven't spoken to him. I haven't spoken to him. I I thought after last Saturday, it was probably wisest to give him a fairly wide berth anyway. So I'm waiting for a moment. But West Ham are funny, because most football clubs, oh, we just want a bit of silverware. They've got a bit of silverware. They're competing in the higher echelons of the Premier League, but they're not doing it the West Ham way. And so they're not not happy about that. But what happens... But would they, would they rather be in a relegation fight playing tippy-tappy football? And I don't know. They are curious because they had the same problem with Sam Allardyce. It was perception of what he would do, and yet he came in and did a job. They've got Moyes, Moyeth, who's come in and he's taken them to European glory and he's made them a competitive in the Premier League. But it's still not... You're not going to get it all, lads, because those sorts of managers go to elite clubs all over Europe. They're not going to go to West Ham and rip it up there. So you've got to make your minds up. What do you want? What about Forest as well? Because they're a bit of a, a funny team as well. Because there, there is players there. There is some about good pace. Yeah, yeah, they have got about 500. Maybe that is still the problem, to be fair. But I don't know. I, could this one be goalless? It would just be typical if it was. Because if, if, if Moyeth is so distraught at conceding a shed load at home and he makes his priority keeping a clean sheet this week and it leaves them with nothing up front because they're prioritising that and they are away from home and they'll say well you moaned when we conceded six at home last week we've kept a clean sheet away from yeah. home what do you want I don't know David Moyes I think he's he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't at West Ham I think it's an unfortunate fit and it may be is one of those ones he's going to be judged better in hindsight than he is at the moment by your pearly yeah. kings and your pearly queens. So, I, I, so I with that cool. in mind, it's going to be a testing. I think West Ham will come through it, and and they'll, they'll it'll be Nottingham of the Forests one two West Ham. So I will stick with my nil nil prediction. You always got to have one in there. Um, I think I'm right in saying that last weekend. There wasn't a single nil-nil in the top five leagues of English football, which is quite a stat. The only thing I can't tell you is uh, when that last happens. <laughs> I can only get, sort of give you half a stat there, I guess. But quite impressive anyway, I thought. Tom, what's your thoughts on David Moyes? Because I was thinking about this earlier and I sort of came to the conclusion where if Moyes was to leave, I think the type of manager that they would want would probably be Iriola. Yeah, either Iriola or Steve Cooper. I think they'd be. Still I don't think the fans will have Cooper because I think they'll see him in the same. Just because he's British, 
and they'll see him in the same Moyes and um, Allardyce mould, even though I think he shouldn't be, but I think that's what they would think. Yeah, no, I could see that, yeah. I think he's definitely been harshly judged. I think Rick kind of summed it up perfectly, to be honest. He'll be judged better in hindsight. I've actually just been looking at their Wikipedia um, of their managerial history. He's got the highest win percentage of their club's permanent managers uh, in their history. Only Trevor Booking has had a higher percentage, and he was a caretaker. Highest Premier League win percentage of caretaker manager. Premier he wasn't the he was he wasn't a caretaker. Just to be clear, he wasn't yeah. like fixing just, yeah. fixing the changing rooms. They're like, do you fancy a game, Trev? Yeah, <laughs> go on, go on. Never booked either, Trevor Brooking. They have the highest. He's got the highest Premier League win percentage of their Premier League era managers as well. So, considering the Premier League is probably one of the most difficult leagues to do well in, he's done a pretty decent job with them, and he's won them their first European trophy as well. So, I think. It, well, if you don't count the Intertoto Cup, I don't really know what that was, to be honest. So I think he will be definitely judged better in hindsight. I think he's doing a solid job, but I can understand their frustrations at the... There will definitely be West Ham fans listening to this going, yeah, that's all well and good, but it's boring, Tom. It's boring. And that's the argument. It's a tough one because eventually you want you got there and now you want it to be fun. Sorry, what I meant to say was, oh, yeah, well, Tom, it's... Boring, isn't it? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Bloody boring, mate. Something like I that. Think, I think <laughs> coming to the actual game itself, it may, may well be quite boring. I was going to go for a nil-nil like you. There's just something in me that's thinking like Kudus scores, but I don't see the team winning, so I'm going to go for a one-all. I'm going to go for a Dez. Nice. Justifiable. Thank you, lads. Next on the billing, if I don't miss it out, Spurs and Wolves, because I believe this was the game earlier in the season where Wolves got two goals in stoppage time. Sarabia with a little bit of a funky finish, I seem to remember. Do we see goals here this time around? Rick, I'll throw it to you first. Goals, goals, goals. I'm not sure one, where. 2-1, 3-0? But... I don't know. I just fancy it. The Tangerines are full of goals at the moment and Tottenham Hotspurs... Song back, making a difference. You'd think that... Spurs have got late goals as well, haven't they? Even yeah. though they lost it in late in the reverse, but they do have late goals in them. Yeah, and you look you look at the Spurs side now, how well they did with players that were missing, and those players that were missing are now back. They've got the Dutch lad at the back. Quickest player in the Premier League Apparently, or something? Yeah. Have you seen Apparently, about this? Apart from, isn't there one goalkeeper that was measured as being, being quicker? But other than that, when does a goalkeeper ever run far enough? For somebody to register how fast he is. That doesn't make sense. But I do think there'll be goals in it. I, I'm going to go another Desmond, you know. I'm going to chuck it down. Because I can't see who's going to get the... Oh, no, I can. 3-2 Spurs. Tottingham Hotspurs, 3. Tangerine Wolverhampton Wanderers, 2. With a late, late goal? I think it'll be done in the first half. I think the second half's going to be nil-nil. 3-2 <laughs> after 45 minutes. And then nothing to see here after halftime. And everyone goes home. So, I think mm, Wolves have been a bit... Up and down, haven't they recently? I, I think this might be comfortable to nil Spurs. To be honest, I think it will be a, a routine, routine as they come. Uh, possibly a VAR decision in there because that's what normally happens to Wolves away from home, uh, just to delight Gary O'Neill. So I think I'd have to hedge my bet towards the home side. You, Tom? Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be a home win. Uh, two one to Spurs. Wolves are definitely better than I give them credit for. I think they're going to start to struggle for goals eventually, though, as Mateus Cunha was ruled out for, I think, the rest of the season. And I just could be wrong. Just as he found form and started scoring goals regularly, he's now out. Just as yeah, Dave we Pryor put him in his fantasy team. Get in. 
I had a message from Ollie actually, Rick, because I saw him the night before that I put Cunha into my fantasy team, big Wolves fan. Yeah. And he said, I will be messaging you if this goes badly wrong. And within about 20 minutes, he comes up and is out for the rest of the oh, season. He's going to be after you. It's all your fault, Dave Pryor. Uh, oh, my goodness. You can't write that stuff. Apparently, you can. But, yeah, not good for uh, great balls of Pryor. Evening, Ollie. <laughs> so we're all in agreement there, then? Spurs? Cottingham Hotspurs, All across yes. the board? Okay. Well, that's it for three o'clock. Because there is a Hoppers 5 offering of Manchester City, Chelsea. Everything is screaming to me that, oh, this could be a game where Manchester City slip up. It's a big game. But then, Tom, you remember that Chelsea are in 10th and you just don't quite know what you're going to get. So Very maybe it'll be routine for the home side here. Cole Palmer hat-trick? Not a Scooby-Doo. I mean, don't forget the first, that the reverse fixture of this in November finished 4-4. Yeah. Uh, Brave call obviously... to predict that again, Tom. That was a corker. It won't be 4-4. Not a chance. Oh, God. I think Chelsea will take the lead and will tease us and we'll go, oh, it's on. It's on. And then City will win 3-1. And we're like, oh, we, we should have realised that. They'll get three in the last half an hour. Something like that. I think. Um... We're keeping you up, Tom. That's a very boring opinion of me <laughs> that I've just offered. I just listened to Dave Pryor's analysis. Oh, oh 3-1. No, that's I... just what the natural reaction should be about Manchester City being on the telly again, yeah. to be quite honest. Yeah, that's very true. I just don't see Chelsea getting anything. I'm going to go 3-0 City. You can't predict them, can you? I they're, think you'd be a impossible. brave man to... I, I can't wait for everyone to come back and laugh at us when Chelsea beat City and all of a sudden the title I'll take a laugh for that. I'm, ha- I'm happy to be laughed at if yeah, Chelsea definitely. win 4-0, to oh, be fair. Quite 100%. happy to take that one on the chin. And the thing is that <laughs> Chelsea's previous two away... Well, previous two games have been away from home. They've won both of them 3-1. But City is a different beast and you never know what Chelsea's going to turn out. So, so was there a prediction in there? Sorry, yes, let me know. I'm thinking. That's what that noise you can hear is. Ooh. Oh, yes. One thing I do know about this game is uh, Phil Foden will do nothing. He will do absolutely nothing in this game because he is the latest signing paraded for my fantasy football team. So therefore, <laughs> his, his run of good form is going to come to an end at 2-0 City. As routine as routine two nil victories can possibly be, they won't even break sweat. Yeah, I think that's probably likely outcome for that one. As we go into Sunday with two games on the billing, a big one from two o'clock at Bramall Lane. Rick, I'll stick with you. Sheffield United, Brighton. Ooh, big win for Sheffield United last week. Massive touch on win. that. Massive unexpected. Did say though. Once the expectation was on Luton that they were going to go there, you did and, mention this. Yeah, get it. It was going to come round and not, and, and not it was happen. pretty comfortable. Yeah, they they played well, which is why what do they, you think of the penalties? Uh, yeah, there. but you do, you don't. I, I just think that they did play well. It was a very well thought out, structured performance, which is why they're going to lose three nil at home to Brighton. <laughs> it's exactly that, isn't it, yeah. Tom? How do you, how do you see it? Because they're mentioning this week on a podcast that i was listening to that actually if you do look at sheffield united's squad 
there is some players there that you wouldn't be surprised get picked off next season if they do end up going into the championship. They're not a mismatch of uh, you know, of a lack of Premier League quality. There is some good players in there, but they're just not doing it consistently enough. Yeah, no, exactly that. I mean, they've got some half-decent players. McAtee, Harmer, you know, good players. Uh, Vinny Souza seems to be a really good athletic player in there. And um, Archer's Perriton, got goals. Brereton Diaz. Diaz is a, is, I think he's alone, isn't he? But if not, it's certainly um, a good pickup for them nonetheless. I just... There's such a... I, I don't know. I can't really sit there as well and say that Harmer has been great or has been a success because have any of them been a success other than maybe playing well? They they not if they were a real success, they would have done something. To yeah, they'd have the points. United, wouldn't they? They'd have the points. Have more than thirteen points. Yeah. Um, I... They got to get a back to back now. They won't they if they have a really they're, they're level on points with Burnley now though. But as I said earlier, Burnley are crap. <laughs> Yeah, there's two <laughs> obvious candidates for the relegation at the moment, as as we've said a lot throughout the season. I mean, even goal difference-wise, they're miles above everybody else, well, miles behind everybody else, I should say. But I think it's going to be ugly for Sheffield United again. I, I It feels like the Villa game and it feels like the Newcastle game where Brighton could easily just get four. I'm going to go 4-0. I, I do feel slightly bad in saying that because fair play to them for actually grabbing a win, especially in a big game against a team like Luton, who, yes, it was the expectation was on them, but you need to win those games. You need to beat your Everton's, your Burnley's, your Luton's to to give yourself a chance, and, and they've done just that. So credit to them, but I think Brighton will have enough to um, walk away with this one. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree. Um, like I say, I think Sheffield United kind of have to try and get something, get some back-to-backs going in order to to have a have a chance and I think they've got players but Brighton I think will see this as an opportunity to kind of kick on themselves so I think 3-1 something of that nature Sorry, for... I must, Go I on. must add as well I'm just going to like fire in Wes Fodderingham is back in the sticks because the keeper they signed in January has concussions so Wes Fodderingham of course back in goal which means they will concede a, a ton of goals as well and in the FA Cup tie that was played about a month ago, it, it was 5-2 to Brighton. Although, admittedly, the new keeper was in goal for that. So that's not really held my point. But yeah, I, it's, there's a track record there of Brighton being very good against Sheffield United. Come on, Enric, because Manchester United go to Kenilworth Road for the second offering on Sunday. The sort of fixture that makes you go, oh, we don't want to go to there and come out with, with not getting three points. But maybe... You're going there on probably your best form of the season. So you're confident? Yeah. <laughs> I hope it doesn't go wrong, but I just feel more confident in the way that United are playing at the moment. There looks to be, who'd have thought, getting your injured players back into the team, getting your better players in the team, and you suddenly start playing better. Who would have thought that was a thing? But it seems it seems to be. Garnacho's been nothing short of a revelation on the right-hand side. If Rashford can stay off the tequila and join in as well, then that, that would be a very good thing. Kobe Mainu is... Outside. I got involved in a Twitter thing with somebody from Newcastle this week about Kobe Mainu. I won. And I th- yeah, I just think the midfield is, is looking Was he a good. Mr. Tyndall by any chance? No, mi- mi- <laughs> Mr. J. Tyndall. <laughs> no, it wasn't him. It was somebody else. He was saying how um, Miley Cyrus should be in the England squad ahead of Kobe Mainu. And I said, no, you're talking nonsense. And and I 
proceeded to dissect him with facts and knowledge. Two things that I'm renowned for on this podcast, I think you'll find. Luton are going to uh, get have back-to-back defeats. I'm torn between a 3-1 United and a Luton Town nil. No, two Manchester United three. But I think it will be Luton, Luton Town Hatters one, the mighty Manchester Reds three. Similar sort of feelings, really. I think it... Had it been got... a month ago... I would have yeah. been bricking it and it would have been 3-2 or 3-1 to Luton. But I just, I just, the way United are playing at the moment, hopefully the wheels don't fall off. I'm sorry, Dave, it's your go, but it's going to be 3 No, no, I, 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 your point is kind of similar to mine, really. I, I, I've got testing vibes here. I've got, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if Luton take the lead. Suddenly the crowd are up and it's like, oh, oh, hello. Similar to when they played City earlier in the season yeah. and then second half. It was just like as comfortable as it possibly could have been, and I and and I think that's probably what will happen with with Manchester United here. And you're on a decent little run, and if fixtures come your way as uh, go your way on uh, this weekend, then suddenly that gap might just be a little bit closer. Particularly if Fulham can get something against Aston Villa. Tom, do you do you see a full house of Manchester United here? Yeah, yeah. Man United have not lost in 2024. Correct. Which is, is, uh, and we're in the second team. month. Goodness yeah. me. We made it through a whole month with no Manchester United losses and we've nearly finished another one. I think 3 1 as well. I agree with Rick. Uh, United have been in a good run of form. They've even had a couple of injuries come up and they've coped with it. I know Luke Shaw went off injured. At, was it half time he went off injured? Yeah. yeah so I, I mean, I didn't watch it, but it's what I've gathered from looking at the, at the app and whatever. Yeah, I think 3-1. Garnacho, as you say, is, is finding his feet. And Diego Dallo learned how to defend, apparently, he's, which was incredible. I was incredible. just going to I was gonna come back to him before we moved on to Wednesday. He's a professional footballer, and he looks like one. Who knew? Who knew that Amazing. would happen? Even, um, dare I say it, Onana looks steadier. No, don't. You're going too far uh, now. No, I've pushed it too far. Yeah. Pushed my luck. You got yourself a goal again, Tom, as well. Who? You did. Did I? Yeah. Scott McTominay, back post. Yeah, winner. Oh, Again. Well done. You must have been delighted. It was the household. The fireworks were all over. And that's you... staying in. <laughs> that's a, that sound of genuine surprise, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, like you were taking something and be like, hang on, did I come off the bench and score for like, Manchester United? What, what kind of evening did I have? Is that why I'm <laughs> so tired now? I don't know if you're comparing me to Hoyland because I'm just long and tall. I don't know if it was like that. I was so confused for a moment. Sorry, yes. No, you're absolutely right. I did score the winner. Yeah, I think 3-1. I can't really add too much more, to be honest. One game left. Monday night. Stinky Palace. Again. Rick Hyatt. Who's in charge of picking these TV games? Because this very much feels like it's uh, filling out the quota. We'll give them their game because we've got to show them sort of fixture. This is the stinkiest game of the whole of the whole weekend, nil-nil. <laughs> Must shout out, though, to, to Roy Hodgson, because it did yeah, break earlier absolutely. today that he is... Well, there was rumours about him, whether or not he would lose his job. Uh, not from me, from the media. That uh, campaign but, that you've been waging over the last few weeks has filtered through. But apparently has been taken ill and was, un- was unable to take training. So we wish Roy all the best, but just doesn't seem a really good situation at Palace at the moment. Tom Bailey, don't to interrupt your nap or anything. <laughs> I think i i don't think hodge well let me let me ask you a question tom because the the manager who was linked with palace uh earlier today was someone that you think might be a good fit i i don't know necessarily about a good fit but 
Sonny a good manager. Oliver was it Frankfurt, wasn't he? At yes, Frankfurt? He, he won the Europa League with them uh, in 2022, beat uh, Rangers in that penalty shootout. He left in the summer and has been out of work since. Kind of gives me that the idea they had with Vieira of, we're going to go a bit younger, go a bit different, so just continental. Because, again, pa- Palace give me the whole sort of Burnley vibe or even the West Ham vibe of, like, we like our English managers, we want to do it properly. It, it feels a bit like that, where they want to go a bit different, see what happens. I think it's still harsh on Steve Cooper, but perhaps he was approached and he turned him down. Not a clue, but I still think Steve Cooper's a brilliant manager. So it could be interesting. I don't think it will be Roy and Thugout. I think it will be Oliver Glasner for that Monday fixture. Do you think it'll be that soon that they'll sort things out? I think it's I think it's nearly done already. Really? Okay, even even um, Fabrizio has reported it and stuff. So, yeah, I think it will be... Interesting, to say the least. Uh, I think the game itself, because Glasner's in, I think there will be a goal, because there'll just be a little bit of chaos about it. I just don't know which way. I think I'm going to go 1-0 Everton. I think I've got similar vibes. I think Everton will win the game by a goal or 2-0. I will say 2-0, because I said 0-0 last Monday night, and there ended up being four goals in the Palace-Chelsea game. So I'll say a comfortable night for Everton. Final thought from you then, Rick, on that one? That is my final thought. I think it'll be nil-nil. Nothing. But what a like. wonderful way to end this week. We did this, this week's the other pod. week, didn't we? We finished. We got through the whole thing, and it was all light and airy and whatever. And we came to Monday and thought it's going to be a stinky nil-nil. It happens. It does happen. And you're right. As soon as I saw that Palace were on Monday night again, I thought probably one, and I'm not going to tune into, and for Everton for that matter. Thank you, then, gentlemen. We've got through another weekend predictions so rick hyatt thank you very much indeed and i look forward to spending saturday with you thank you very much day prior i look forward to pork and football with you on saturday proper job tom bailey thank you very much mate thank you as ever for having me mr dave prior yes it's very much me inviting you is this how this works so yeah thank you for you coming are the host thank you for coming i appreciate it you're in my house now you're Ooh. in my house don't you forget it uh, a very good evening from myself, Dave Pryor, because you have been listening to... Football, by the hell. <laughs> <laughs>